What is up, everybody? How are we doing today? You are listening to another episode of Hail to the Thorn. We're going to be going over the newly developed super wild card weekend in this episode. And yes, I'm laughing at that name because it's absolutely hilarious. Think about this for a little bit because I was today. They had a meeting about this at some point during the offseason this year or some point during the regular season, this 2020 regular season. They met and were like, hey, we got seven teams per conference now. We're adding two games to the first round, that wild card round. We need something thrilling for the name. And someone literally got paid for coming up with the idea of saying super wild card weekend. Someone got paid for adding super in front of what was wild card weekend. So this super wild card weekend coming up here, just think about that, how easy it could be to make some big money by just adding the word super in front of something that expands. But aside from that it is definitely one of the most exciting weekends of the year. As a sports fan, start of NFL playoffs. I'd be lying to you right now if I said the NFL playoffs weren't the most exciting thing to me to watch every year. I do play baseball like you know on my first podcast, but the MLB postseason's great, but there's nothing like the one and dones in football. Anything could happen, one game. And it's definitely gonna be different because of COVID, limited number of fans, some places don't even have fans. So therefore it's a whole different game. Um, but I'd love to start breaking down these games a little bit, going over Super Wild Card Weekend. And let's start with the Colts and the Bills. And who would thought that when you expand it, that the AFC would have an 11-5 team at the 7 seed? The AFC has been really balanced, really impressive, outside of maybe the Chiefs and possibly the Bills being 13-3. and But this game might be the toughest matchup until the, uh, the AFC Championship for the Bills, meaning that the Bills and the Chiefs would get there. I think that would be obviously favored. It's the favored matchup. Both teams are one and two respectively in the AFC. But let's break down this one. Colts at Bills. It's on CBS at 105 Eastern time. And the Buffalo Bills enter this game six and a half point favorites. So a touchdown practically. It's going to be a defensive battle. It's going to be a defensive battle in Buffalo. And that should excite you as an NFL fan, unless you love those high scoring shootouts. I don't. I kind of like the close game defensive battles. Um, they're just fun. They're gritty. And you love gritty matchups if you're a football fan. Just hard-hitting, tough competition, tough to move the chains. But there is a couple things that are going to play factors into this game. But let's start looking at the defense to start. The Colts have the number one defense in terms of points allowed this year, which is really impressive. They got a great defensive line. Their secondary helps when needed. A great linebacker core. One thing to note is DeForest Buckner has been a little shaken up, but he should be out there going. He was a big part of the 49ers' success last year on the defensive side, got that great contract by the Colts. He's a superstar, and he is snubbed out of the Pro Bowl, and I'm furious about that, especially watching Oregon Duck football growing up. But I can't just say enough about that Colts' defense. It's a large credit to why they've won 11 games. They're fifth in turnovers, and they have the second-best run defense. A lot of credit goes up to that defensive front. They're going to be facing the Bills O-line. That's really good. Protected Josh Allen has allowed Devin Singletary to get yards. But you look at the other side, the Bills' defense is very close in comparison to they're the number one six defense in points allowed. They're third in turnovers, which is better than the Colts. And they're really good in the red zone. Really good pass. Their ground game's decent, but... That is an X factor for the Colts that's going to play in, and that goes to the young rookie Jonathan Taylor, who has secured a running back number one spot in Indy. He's going to be a long-term running back for them. He was great in Wisconsin. It was pretty seeable that it was going to translate to the NFL. Looking at him, he has 232 ground attempts this year, 1,169 yards, and 11 TDs. Balling out as a rookie runner. Love to see it, especially pairing with the veteran Phillip Rivers, who is worth noting some people say he's got a playoff curse. You look in the record, it's not that bad. It's five and six career record in the postseason, but obviously has never made it 
to a Super Bowl, and so that is concerning. But this is Super Wild Card Weekend. I'm gonna try to say Super Bowl Wild Card Weekend. Sorry, I stumbled a little bit. Super Wild Card Weekend as much as possible, just to really draw out this name for you guys to make you remember that someone got paid for the name Super Wild Card Weekend, likely. But yeah, both defense are great. It's gonna be fun to see how the Colts secondary pairs against Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, the amazing duo. Stephon Diggs has obviously been the best receiver and emerged especially well in these last six weeks. I mean, he's been great all year, but he's had some big games. He was a little hurt, and he's listed as questionable right now, but he's been practicing, and I don't think there's any way he's missing this game. Um, but Josh Allen, looking at him, look at the numbers really quick, 4,544 yards, 37 touchdowns, and just under a 70% completion percentage on the year, which is just incredible. He should be in the MVP race. I think he is a little bit, but he's definitely a top three quarterback this year in my books. I think a lot of other people books. Bills Mafia, it's also worth knowing that they are going to be in attendance. The Bills are allowing a small number of fans to enter the stadium, and they are going to be rocking in Buffalo. So it will be fun to see. It'd be awesome if they can get past this first round, host another game. And then maybe if the Chiefs lose, they can host the AFC Conference Championship, which would be really cool for them. But I got the Bills in this one. I think six and a half points is a good spread for it. I think it could be a lot closer unless the Bills just open it up in the past game. But I think both defenses are really good. And I think this is actually going to be a very low scoring game. So it's a great way to start off Super Bowl, uh, not Super Bowl, Super Wild Card Weekend with this game, Colts at Bills. Now it's going to allow us to move on to our first NFC matchup of this wild card weekend, and that is the Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks in a NFC West matchup for the third time this year. Back in Seattle, this one's streaming on Fox at 4.40 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. Seattle is a narrow three-point favorite, and why? Well, the Seahawks had a great year at 12-4. and four. The Rams, though, are very competitive at 10-6 and six at the 6th seed, and the Rams have the top-rated defense to the number one ranked defense statistically and obviously the pass defense is huge especially when you're going against a quarterback like Russell Wilson who's had 40 touchdowns on the year congrats to him his first year doing it he was an MVP candidate he's kind of fell off this second half and so Seattle's looking for him to recoup a little bit in these playoffs he has finished on these past couple of weeks but it's worth noting that one of his worst games was against the Rams and that was in that week 10 matchup where the Rams beat the Seahawks 23 to 16 the Rams defense was able to pressure him a lot Aaron Donald was a big factor in that game also they picked him off twice and I don't want to hate on the Rams because I think they're a really good team and I don't want to sound biased here because like I have said I'm from Seattle but in that week 10 matchup Seattle kind of gave the Rams that game and no discredit to the Rams their defense played phenomenal but Seattle threw a pick uh Russ threw a pick that everyone was still questioning why he threw that ball if you remember he was kind of on the run he had an open man in front of him tried to huck it up to the end zone got picked but the Rams did lock down DK Metcalf and they've actually held him to under 100 yards in both games he had a little more success in week 16 but to go back to that week 10 game Seattle was out there it's running game they did not have Chris Carson being healthy Carlos Hyde was still dealing with injury as well it, they were all banged up and so it made the Seahawks very one-dimensional allowed for the Rams to focus on that pass no discredit to them I do not want to make it sound like I'm discrediting them at all they played a great defensive game they even played pretty well in week 16 they only gave up 20 points uh, but the Seahawks defense really shined in that game and it's easy to point out the Seahawks defense who has been bad throughout the year if you're looking at it but these past the second half of the season it's really been a tale of two halves for them they've been one of the best defenses as of lately they do have the most points allowed off the pass most uh, touchdown passes their pass defense is one of the worst but they are really good at the rush defense and they're fifth best in terms of that 
And so it's worth looking at that the Rams need to move the ball, and they're actually going to have to rely on the ground game a little bit more because Jared Goff is still dealing with that thumb injury. He is expected to play. He obviously missed week 17 against the Cardinals where the Rams were able to clinch it with their backup quarterback. I think it kind of helped that Kyler Murray went out with the injury. But here we are, round three, Seahawks versus Rams. I think this game could be that three-point cover. I think, you know, the Hawks could win by three. I think they could win by one, or I think it could really blow up and the Seahawks could win by, you know, 14 or 17. It's just really how Russell Wilson's going to play. I think the Seahawks defense is going to carry over how they've been the past eight weeks. I do expect the Rams defense to play one heck of a game, um, but I got to go with the Seahawks here. And again, I try to keep that as unbiased as I can. I just see the Seahawks being better, especially based on that week 16 game. The nightcap on Super Wildcard Weekend's first day on Saturday is between the Bucks and the Washington football team. This will be on NBC at 8.15 Eastern time. And Tampa Bay is an eight-point favorite, TB12, looking to do it for the first time in the NFC. He's coming in here as the five seed, despite being 11-5, Washington football team being 7-9. But we all know if you win the division, you host a game. The NFC East was a laughingstock this year. But hey, don't count out Washington's defense. They're a top three defense. When it comes to turnovers, they're tied for third best in the league. They're fourth in points allowed. They're second best in pass yards and pass touchdowns. They're extremely well in the red zone. Their defense is young. They're really good. They're hungry. They got a shot to be extremely good for the next three, four, five plus years. I think Washington football team, if they add the right pieces upcoming next year's, they could be a team that could really compete deep in the NFC. But we're talking about this year. We're talking about right now. Chase Young obviously said, I'm coming for you, Tom Brady. Love the energy, but it's going to be tough to beat the Bucks. I mean, especially with the numbers I just listed for TB12. Alex Smith has played well enough, and he's just got a little bit of magic and some luck in him. He's passed for 1,582 yards, which has been pretty good for the amount of games he's played in, but he does have six touchdowns to eight interceptions. But the man is 5-1 and one as a starter, and that's given the Washington football team starting to believe in that they can win this game. And obviously they expect to win this game being in Washington. Just talk about Alex Smith really quick. And I know we're talking about the matchups, but 17 surgeries on that right leg. He's dealt with a little cash, uh, calf issues this year, but you're almost rooting for the underdog here. And these seven and nine teams or eight and eight teams, they sometimes pull it off. Obviously I'm going to bring up Seattle when they were seven and nine and they were able to beat the saints, the beast quake. But this game, I think it's going to be a lot closer than what people say it's going to be. I think that Washington defense is really going to hold Tampa in check for a little bit. I think Brady and the Bucs are going to break out with some big plays, and that's going to allow the Bucs to push over the edge. I do have the Bucs winning and advancing to the next round. And that would conclude Saturday of the Super Wild Card Weekend. Every time I say it, I get a little kick. Super Wild Card Weekend bringing you on to Sunday. And that starts off with probably going to be the most interesting game of Super Wild Card Weekend. And that's the Ravens at Titans. 105 Eastern time on ABC. Baltimore being a three-point favorite that is tied with the Seahawks-Rams Rams game for the closest margin in terms of the spread. You got to give it to them. They do have a little bit of a rivalry. Week 11, they played each other. Tennessee beat Baltimore 30-24 to in Baltimore in overtime. Great game. Derrick Henry punching in. Derrick Henry has been the death to Baltimore. Obviously, last year, the playoffs, Baltimore kicked him out. Or... Baltimore got kicked out by Tennessee, 28-12. to Derrick Henry went off in that game. He did really well in Week 11, too. Week 11, 137 yards. He had a touchdown, the OT touchdown that pushed him to get that win. And he's coming off a great Week 17 performance, 250 yards. 250 yards by a running back. He pushed him over 2,000 yards. He's got 2,027 yards on the ground this year. 
He's the rushing king. He's going to win running back of the year more than likely. He had two touchdowns. Here's the thing that makes this game so dynamic is that both teams like struggle at the same things, essentially, and they're both good at the same things. It's and what one team's bad at, the other team's good at. So it just really makes for an interesting matchup. Like Baltimore's 26 in rush defense, but they're also first in rush offense. And they have what people want to call a three-headed snake or whatever, three-headed dragon. And J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and Lamar Jackson running the ball. Obviously, their quarterback is a run-first, you could say, quarterback. Not having as an impressive year as he did in his MVP season last year. But a note to watch on the passing side has got to be Mark Andrews. He had a really good game in Week 11 against the Titans. If they start moving the ball through the air, He's probably going to be a big factor. What's also important to note is that Baltimore is very good on third down offensively. They're the fourth best team in converting on third down, and that's something where Tennessee struggles at. They're actually 32nd, so last in third down defense. So it's going to allow things to really be interesting if the Ravens get in those third down situations, especially those third and short situations. Something to look at. Tennessee's third down offense is also very good. They're fifth best in third down offense. They're actually the second best red zone offense too. And Baltimore is the second best third down defense. And they have the second least amount of points given up per game. Baltimore's defense is very good where it matters. They're seventh best in pass defense. But it is worth noting that Ryan Tannehill has had an amazing year. 33 touchdowns. And A.J. Brown's got to be a big factor. A plus 1,000 yard receiver. It's really going to be a pairing of... I think defense. Some people think this could be a shootout. I think it's going to be a defensive game, and I think it's going to be a battle. I expect this to be the best game of the weekend. Baltimore is 5-0 and to end the season. Or Tennessee is 3-2 and to end the season. Both those losses being against playoff caliber teams. They lost to the Cleveland Browns in a great shootout game, and they lost to the Green Bay Packers in a game where the Titans really struggled to move the ball. The, just the mismatches and the comparisons are so similar, and, you know, is it going to be able to bet that the Titans beat them for the third time in a row. It seems really tough to do. They're at home. It really helps. Baltimore's favored on the road. It's a toss-up here for me. I really think it's a 50-50 choice, but if I had to be put on the spot, I really think Baltimore's going to prevail. I think it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. I hope it's a close game because I really think it's going to be. I think for football fans, they want it to be a close game. Unless you're a Titans or a Ravens fan, you're probably hoping that one way or the other it's a blowout. (laughs) But I'm going to go with the Ravens here. 11-5 versus 11-5. It should be a really great matchup. The last NFC game is between the Bears, the 7th seed, and the 2nd seed in the NFC. And that's the Saints, 12-4 versus 8-8 record. 440 Eastern Time, CBS in New Orleans has the fattest margin in terms of the spread. It's a 10-point favorite. There's a lot of things that make this game interesting. Week 8, they played in New Orleans, barely won, 26-23. It actually took to overtime. Nick Foles was the quarterback in that game. They're obviously running Mitch Trubisky, who has looked impressive over the past five weeks. But granted, the level of competition they've played outside of the Packers has not been impressive. They played weak teams, losing record teams. But it's good to see that he's doing well. It's allowed him to have 16 touchdowns and 8 interceptions on the year. The Saints, though, come in with a defense that really isn't talked about as much, but obviously we know that they're a big part of why they've won 12 games. You don't win 12 games without defense, but they are the fourth best pass defense. They allow the fifth uh, least amount of points per game. I think for the Bears, what it's going to come down to is David Montgomery, if they're going to have a chance to win. He has been impressive over the past five weeks, but the same case with Mitch Trubisky. The competition outside the Packers has not been the same. Congrats to him, though. 1,070 yards on the ground, eight touchdowns. He's really come along. I think if he explodes, opens it up, maybe some play action, it'll give them a chance to compete. They have to keep up with the scoring in the Saints. 
And not that the Saints are going to score a ton, but the thing about the Saints is Drew Brees is quick to get the ball out. He's the fastest time from snap to pass out the hand, and they run a lot of short to mid-range passes. They're a short to mid-range pass offense. They mix it up with Taysom Hill. It keeps them dynamic. And the Bears in those situations are like middle of the pack. I think it was like their 17th ranked in those middle uh, mid-range passes. So it's going to allow the Saints to eat up clock if they choose to, if they're feeling like it's a close game. It allows them to just move the ball down the field at whatever pace they want. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than 10 points. I think it's going to be decided by a touchdown. I do have the Saints winning, especially being at home. Not that it matters with the COVID thing, but I think the Bears, congrats to them on even making the playoffs. And I think this is one of the games where I feel like the Washington football team has a better shot to beat the Bucks than the Bears have to beat the Saints. I could be wrong. Obviously, you never know. Super wild card weekend is like nothing ever before, obviously with a great name. Um, but yeah, Drew Brees, maybe his last year. You never know, but I got to go with him. This now allows us to talk about the concluding game of Super Wild Card Weekend, and that is between the AFC North matchup, the 11-5 Browns, taking on the 12-4 Pittsburgh Steelers. This game's NBC, 8-15 Eastern Time, and Pittsburgh is a six-point favorite. The headlines for the week have been Browns' COVID cases. Kevin Stavansky, the head coach, has got COVID, along with two other assistant coaches. Ronnie Harrison, the safety for the Browns, is out, along with Montrell Mender, linebacker, and Pro Bowl left guard Joel Betonio, and then receiver Kadrill Hodge. So four players out, obviously their coach is out. Offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt will call the plays on offense for the Browns. Looking at the matchups this year, the Browns did take the Week 17 matchup 24-22. It's notable that the Steelers limited their starters. They didn't have Ben Roethlisberger play. They did not have TJ Watt play. They limited guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner, Minka Fitzpatrick. So all that aside, the Steelers only losing by two in week 16, or excuse me, week 17 does not fare well for the Browns because they didn't even have their starting quarterback and their best defensive pass rusher. Week six at Heinz Field was a different story for the Browns. They got smacked 38 to seven. The Steelers easily took that one. And another statistic to note that it might be more important than you may think is the Browns have lost 16 straight games in Pittsburgh that's not what you want for your first time making the playoffs since 2002. But hey, streaks do in. The Browns did break their streak of their playoff drought that, like I just said, has gone on since 2002. Maybe they can notch one out and pull off an upset in Pittsburgh early. However, I do have to go with Pittsburgh winning this game, especially after week 17. And the fact that they're at home, Ben Rossberger back looking to create some more playoff magic for himself. Let's see how far the Steelers can go. I definitely do have them winning this game. I think they'll cover the spread as well. That's going to wrap up everything on terms of Super Wild Card Weekend. I'm excited to hear the commentators and all the analysts say Super Wild Card Weekend. I think it's going to be funny. I'm going to get a little chuckle out of it. Just remember, I've said it a few times, someone got paid for making that name, folks. Anything can happen. Kevin Garnett, anything is possible. Cue and clip, whatever. But yeah, uh, that's going to wrap up the first round. Obviously, Deshaun Watson has been a hot commodity lately. You're hearing his name pop up about the possible request of trade. I'd love to talk about that a little bit. Maybe we'll get to it. Maybe we'll get to it post. He's obviously a great talent, but that's for a different time, different place. Thank you guys for listening to Hail to the Thorn. I appreciate it. We'll talk when it comes to the divisional round. Who will the Chiefs and who will the Packers play? Stay tuned for that. Anyways, hope we're enjoying the new year still. Stay positive, everybody. Achieve your goals. Do everything you want. All that pizzazz. Yes, sir. I just said pizzazz. And thank you guys. Peace.